One Before I Die podcast. Welcome back to One Before I Die podcast. Uh, my name is Joe Prejean. I'm here with Pops, a.k.a. John Yeager, another sports, big sports fan. Lives here in Kansas City. Big Royals fan, actually. That's probably his best... His best sport he likes is, is baseball, and then golf, of course, and then we go on to the football and stuff. Well, my, my best sport I liked when I was playing was, well, was uh, baseball, really was football. That was But I was ago. better at baseball, I have to admit. But my favorite was football. Okay, well, welcome, to, welcome, Pops. Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you cleared that up for us really good. Yeah, really I didn't quick. want you to be mistaken. Well, I appreciate that. I need to be, you know... I need to be corrected here and there. You're about the first one that's actually done that to me, so I appreciate that. <laughs> well, it can happen. <laughs> it can. It can. So what do you think about my my Browns? Let's talk some football. What do you think hey, about your, my Browns? Your Browns are playing pretty good. Not too bad right uh, now. I'm real pleased with them this week, and especially pleased until the closing moments the week before, which I think was a sad situation, and those things tend to get out of hand. And I think the Browns bounce back. I'm real proud of the way they bounce back and with the loss of probably one of their best players. Yeah, the situation you're talking about is the Steelers game that uh, we had that helmet incident with Miles Garrett. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then they played the next week, they played a real easy team, the Miami Dolphins, who's really having a hard time this year playing football. They, you know, they got rid of one of their best guys for, for some trade picks, which next year they're going to be pretty dangerous with all those picks they have. They have a lot of picks for next year. So that could be really good for them. They're going to rebuild next year. They got a good coach, Flores. Um, he's a good coach. He should be fine um, coaching them. We'll see what happens with them next year. But as far as the Browns, yeah, they do have a chance, chance, I will say, to make the playoffs. Long shot. Yes. They're going to need some help. Yep. Lots of help. Tennessee being one of them, they're going to need to lose probably. Um, they're definitely going to have to, to – Win this weekend. They're going to meet that uh, that team they had a problem with uh, two weeks ago with the Steelers. So they're going to get a little rematch there. I don't know if the quarterback's going to play because this past weekend he got benched in the game. He did pretty bad, so the coach benched him. So I don't know if he's going to end up playing for him when the Browns go into town to Heinz Field. So we'll see what happens. Well, I, I think it'll be another good game. But, you know, Joe, there's some other teams that kind of took a beating this past weekend. Uh Oakland, who'd been coming on pretty good, but uh, they got tromped by the Jets, who are not a very good team. So you don't know from week to week what's really going to happen. Those Patriots lost. They didn't look good last night either. So you just never know. You're right. You never know. Anything can happen any given day. That's for sure. In fact, there's a movie, Any Given Sunday. There's a movie about stuff like that. You know, you never know. Um so a big football fan when you were younger, you played, of course, right? What position did you play? I was a quarterback. And then in the, when I was a freshman, this we will go back a ways. We had what we called the single wing. And that was an old lineup that uh, put uh, four men on one side of the center and just two on the other. Uh, it was quite different, but the, the tailback carried the ball about 90% of the time. So... I enjoyed that, but basically I was a quarterback later in high school, but the thing I remember the most is, until I was a sophomore, we didn't have any mouthpieces, we didn't have any uh, face guards, it was different, we had leather helmets, they weren't exactly collapsible, 
but they were just a little leather and that was about it. Kind of like the NFL used back in the day? Well, you know, you ask about the NFL. Let me go back to your Browns, your favorite team, the Browns. Okay. Probably my hero in the Browns, and I think the best running back there ever was. Let me guess. And I think, undisputably, you wouldn't miss this one, but who do you think? Jim Brown. Jimmy Brown. Yeah. Jim Brown was really tough, but you know, the NFL was different back those days. Right. When you were carrying the ball, you had to be tackled and held down. That'd be on top of the ball carrier. If you just got bumped or knocked down, you were free to get up and move on. Jimmy Brown was a pro at that. He's really known as Jim Brown, but I kind of like the term Jimmy Brown because he was just a really tough football player and uh, played like in, started in 57, and I think his last year was in 65. That's kind of when I was growing up and really falling football. So, and you know, they had some other great players. Uh, Otto Graham was a great player. QB, yep. Yep. Ozzie Newsom was a good player, more modern day player. Thailand. But the top one, I think all Browns fans will remember, and, and maybe not have seen him play, except maybe in some films, but he was outstanding. So that's my real hero in, in pro football. Really? Okay. Yeah. Do you have any um, local teams that uh, maybe you had a favorite back in the day? Well, the Chiefs were pretty darn good. Uh, you come when they won 69. I can remember a lot of those players like Len Dawson and, and uh, Fred Arbanis and um, Buchanan. Uh, they had some good receivers. Otis Taylor was a fantastic receiver. Right. But they were a tough football team. Bobby Bell was probably one of the toughest uh, defensive end to ever play. And, you know, they won 60, 69. They haven't won since. <laughs> they, they may get close. It's not going to be this year. They, they've had too many injuries, and yeah. and uh, Superman Mahomes at this point is not clicking like he did last year. The He's de- not the same player. Yeah, the defense didn't improve any left from last year either, which we really needed. Well, I look at the defensive people that they let go. Right. They let Houston go. Yep. They let Ford go, and they're playing outstanding today. So I think, of course, I think it was a money deal also. Um, but they let them go, and they're proving that uh, that's probably a big mistake. Okay, good. That's good to know. So, did you go into any games when you were uh, younger playing football? Did you go into any of the Chiefs games back then? I went to a few Chiefs games at the old municipal stadium where you were in the end, almost in the end zone uh, with the stands. And I mean, it was kind of dangerous. The other thing that was true back then was the goalpost was right on the goal line. It wasn't 10 yards back. So the goalpost played a, a, it was another defensive maneuver or an offensive maneuver. You could use the goalpost as a blocker. Yep, yep. It was, and it was kind of dangerous. It was well padded, but still, yep. it, it was different. They then. used to set up right in the front of the end zone. Yep. Now, and, when you say municipal stadium, just let me clarify that Kansas City had a stadium called Municipal Stadium, just as Cleveland did, had their stadium called Municipal Stadium then too. So just to clarify that. He's, well, it was, it was a stadium a, that was it was a combination of baseball and uh, football. It was really a baseball stadium, which was 20, 22nd in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, there is a, it's all knocked down now, but there's yeah. kind of a monument to it in another little uh, field that they play on. 
Yeah, the, 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 the one in Cleveland was the same. They did both baseball and uh, football there. I've been to the games there for both, so it was fun. A lot of memories. A lot of great memories, stuff you'll never forget. So you think uh, you think uh, Kansas City is not going to make it to the Super Bowl this year? I think it'll be tough. They got some help from Oakland last night, so they're a couple games ahead in their division, but they're just not clicking like they did last year. Uh, I don't think Mahomes will be 100% this year after his injury because he was a real threat not only yeah. passing last year, but, but running also. Very quick. Yeah, he is. Has good vision of the field. and You know, he can throw the ball. He grew up in a baseball family. Yeah. Dad was a professional baseball player. He's got that quick release and yeah. nice and easy uh, and darned accurate. So, yeah, but he he's is. not there yet, this year, I yet. So what I hear you saying is that my Baker Mayfield is nowhere near Patrick Mahomes then yet. I don't think he's at that level yet. Yeah. But I have been impressed on how well he has done being a shorter quarterback, which is not the thing that they like mostly in the NFL today, but more so than they used to. Yeah. They want these kids that are 6'4", six, 6'5", six, to be the quarterback, but they're looking at some smaller ones now that can move her quick and do some other things for them. Well, Baker's not really quick. And some of the smaller quarterbacks did really well, like Doug Flutie. Um, and then you have the Saints quarterback, Drew Brees. He's short. He does really well. So, you know, I, they like the taller ones so they can see over that front line. I can understand that. And, and they have a long stride when they run as well. But shorter quarterbacks are just as good, I think. Well, I think the old quarterbacks, they like that taller one because you want to be a drop-back passer. That's what they want to do is keep him in the pocket and protect him. These little guys, a lot of them are quick enough to take maneuver outside too and they got the shovel pass and the no look pass and yeah. all these new things that they've got coming on so let me ask you you say it's a long shot for cleveland but i'm gonna make a bold prediction here i'm gonna think the browns are gonna make it to the maybe the first playoff game and i think they might even face the chiefs face the chiefs well here in kansas city i'm gonna i'm gonna be a bold predictor and i'm gonna i'm gonna predict that they make it a wild card and wind up coming to kansas city and playing the Chiefs. What do you think of that? Well, I think it would be the Browns are going to have to uh, educate themselves on how to deal with a loud crowd. Because I don't think there's any place louder than Kansas City when you think about it. Of course, no place better than barbecue before the game either. Well, well yeah, so, yeah, you got that there. I don't know about loud, though. I mean, I hear the decimals were loud at one point. But, you know, Cleveland could get pretty loud too as well. I so, think it would be a good game at this point. I think I think Kansas City will definitely win, but I'd be glad to see, you know, the Browns make it to the playoffs. At least at least they can get out of the drought of being one and thirty one or, or zero and thirty. You know, what I'm saying one and thirty. Yeah, one and thirty one after two years and and make the playoffs. That'd be great. So we'll see what happens. All right, good. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, Pops, let's talk a little baseball. A little baseball. Avid Royals fan you are. I'm an avid Indians fan. You know, we meet about 18 times this, this new season coming up in 2020. You know that. Yeah, it's, they're in the same division. They're going to play a lot of baseball together. It's always a good rivalry. It has been. I think the Cleveland pitching has proven to be really far superior to, to Royals pitching. I am impressed with some of the new people the Royals have. I'm sorry, at Merrifield... Didn't get on the roster until just a couple of years ago because he's an excellent player. I think one of the best players probably the Royals have ever been on. Very versatile, can play anywhere, is happy to play anywhere. 
and is just a really, really good hitter. When he's led the league the last couple of years in a number of hits, uh, he's just a really solid, solid player. And get Salvi back as a catcher, that'll make all the difference. I think it'll make a difference in the pitching too. You know, you get comfortable with the catcher. And he's just a really great leader in the clubhouse. You know, Salvi is fun, he's good. He's just a valuable asset. The Royals have got a lot of things working for him, but they got to get some pitching. The pitching is, uh, starting pitching has just been pretty weak. Yeah, you did have, back when you won the series, you had some great pitching back then. Um, you know, a lot of it you lost through through free agency and just, you know, they cut him for whatever reason. Um, you lost a lot of your good players, but then you, you came back up, built back up, and, and started playing well again. Well, we... We did have an owner in Ewing Kaufman that would pay the money to get what they needed. Uh, the, previ- the previous owner up to uh, the end of this year, David Glass, he just didn't want to put that much money out there for what he really needed to build the pitching staff, I don't think. Right. Uh, but Ewing Kaufman was whatever he needed, boys. He, he, was, he was a fantastic owner. Yeah. So I think, again, this year it would be good in... Interesting series when the Royals and the and the and the Indians. Indians play. Yeah, yeah. You got any predictions? Well, my sentimental prediction is the Royals <laughs> will win the majority of the games. I think it. I think it'll be close. So you say more than nine? Well, I, I hope so. You hope so? Yeah. Well, I think we all not hope. for your sake, but for my sake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I understand. We're gonna go to any of these games? Uh, we probably will. We'll probably end up at. We one or probably two. will. Yeah. We may not sit together or if something like that. That's okay. It may get a little too close. I'll make sure I'll have a seat where you can hear me at least. How's that? If I don't sit next to you, I'll be close to you. I'll tell you, I'm an old Royals fan. I've been, I worked there for five years as an usher yes, behind home plate. Saw 81 games a year. That's a lot of games, but that's a lot of walking up and down those steps. Yeah, but you should have been excited doing that, I right? was excited, but the best game of the... Five years I worked was the first year in nineteen in two thousand fourteen when they won the playoff game. That playoff game, people would just not leave because it was so unbelievable in the comeback. And uh, of all the games, even the World Series, and, and then the year they didn't win the World Series, that was still my highlight. That that wild card game that was just unbelievable. Yeah, people have a lot of passion here for baseball and sports all around, so it's great to see. You know, growing up, being from Cleveland, it's the same way. And I guess that's just the Midwest. So it's good to see that, the passion that the fans have. And, and, the, and the players, too. They, they live with, they strive off all the fans, you know, when they cheer and everything. So that's good. Do you remember back in the day when, uh, you're probably not going to remember the date, 2010, you came down for spring training? Well, well, I we did. We went. We went and got Bob Feller's autograph. Yeah, didn't we did. We? He Remember was that? there. Yeah, that was a great experience. Down in Winter Haven, Florida, we went to an Indians uh, spring training, and Bob Feller was there. Spring training is one of the better things of baseball. You see what baseball was in the beginning. Some right. of these fields are still like they were. Uh, what I really call the real baseball field. Now they're really stadiums and so on, but right. those were the old baseball. Those are the fun things about that. Yeah, you're close to the field. You're right on there. I mean, they have to put nets up now because those balls come whipping in. But, yeah, it was like you're really close to the players. You can actually touch them. You know, you're not so far away. You can talk to them. They come by. They sign your balls and stuff. It's fun. It's, I really like it. I you think- can look back at some of the games. and not this far in the past, but 
most of the gentlemen that came to the game wore suits and hats. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, years yeah. ago, yeah. yeah. That's just amazing. The women were dressed we up, today. the men's with the suits and hats on, and yeah, washed the cars before they took them or took the train or whatever it was. I, yeah. I was, when I was a kid, I loved baseball. I think probably my favorite, it didn't seem, but probably my best player ever was probably Ty Cobb. Okay. Uh, Ty Cobb was just unbelievable in the area and era in the in the 1800s. He he led the league in batting like eight years in a row. Stole uh, home about 54 times. <laughs> wow! And still uh, was one of the leaders inside the park homers. He was he's not the the uh, the uh, winner or the has the record but he did do it 54 times and you just don't have that today they just it's a different it's a different game uh i can remember uh bob feller we mentioned bob feller yep he went 17 innings one game nobody's gonna go 17 right. innings today no I think what they are demanding from their pitchers anymore is give me five, six, seven innings, and that's enough. I think the problem is with the new pitchers is that they have learned to throw other than a fastball at too young an age. They throw the curve. They throw the splitters. This is trouble to your arm. Back in Bob Feller's days, nobody had arm trouble. You right. were supposed to go out there and pitch. Pitch the game. They weren't planning on putting a reliever in there. That was your game. Right. But it's different today. It is yeah. different. It's totally You're different. right. That's the way they're, be taught. they're they're teaching is different pitches. So, you know, they have to, the batters have to think about what they're going to throw and stuff. And it, you're right. It does affect the arms. You see a lot of Tommy John surgeries going on or pitchers that are, you know, elbows or whatever it is. Legs that they're having problems and they sit out back spasms, especially they, they're out. They, they miss a few games or whatever. And yeah, now they want to throw a hundred pitches. Then they're pulling them out of the game. They last five, six, you have a bullpen. And nowadays that the, the, the question and how, how good is the bullpen for each team? You know, that's, that's they're going to win or lose the game for you. So back then, like you mentioned, Bob Feller, 117 innings and you know, God knows how many pitches he threw back then. There are so many. Yeah. Guys from the guys from the past. I can remember when Jackie Robinson came up in uh, 1947. The owner Branch Rickey decided he would step out on a limb and pick Jackie Robinson to be with his bought of Brooklyn Dodgers at that time. He was the first man of color to play in the major leagues. Right. Played, and most people probably don't know this. At least a lot of them wouldn't that the first game Jackie Robinson played in, he was a first baseman. But he wasn't remembered as a first baseman. He was a second baseman. He started in 1947. It was, it was a milestone in baseball. And in 1949, he was the National League most valuable player. That is a milestone. And today, nobody in the major leagues wears the number 42. Right. It has been retired forever in Major League Baseball. The last one to wear it was um, Mario Rivera of the Yankees, but that was before they decided to retire the number 42. And Jackie Robinson was an absolutely fantastic athlete. He went to 
Pasadena Junior College, and then he went on to UCLA. He was a great football player, an outstanding basketball player. He's just an outstanding leader and an individual. He was the one that could break the, the color barrier because of his attitude, and, and he went through a lot to do that. But Branch Reckley, I have to hand it to him. He really stepped out and did what he knew was the right thing to do. Now, you mentioned Ty Cobb was your favorite player, right? Well, he's the one that I think was the best player. Oh, the best player. Okay. Best player. And, and Ty Cobb hit over 400 for What years. about the great Bambino? Great Bambino was good. Great ba Talk about another great one, Ted Williams. Yeah. Ted oh, Williams yeah. was the last player to hit 400 in the major leagues. Uh, George Brett came close a few years ago. Uh, and Ted Williams left baseball to go to uh, the service into right. World War II and then into the Korean like most War. most of the players. And uh, would have probably been even more famous. But I'll tell you another great ball player. A lot of people collect baseball cards from the past. But some of these cards are so valuable. The last one to sell for a big price was a player that most people won't know. is Honus Wagner. Paid for the Detroit Tigers. His last sale of his card, only 50 of them were ever made. How many? 50? 50. Wow. 50 of them, and the last one sold in 2016 for $3.2 million. Wow, that's That's wild. a lot of money. And you know the second one? What's that? That's amazing. Mickey Mantle. Okay. That sold for like 2.2 or some over $2 million. How many of those cards did they make? 50 as well? Or? I don't know, but I think I probably had one because oh, he you was my oh. hero. Coming. That's what I was collecting a lot of baseball. He came from Commerce, Oklahoma, started out in, uh, in jo at Joplin, Missouri, in the, in the minor leagues, and, and they were a C team at that time. So he started out, but he came up quick. And I remember the day he died. I was sitting with my family in New York City at Mickey Mantle's bar. And they announced while we were there that he had died. Mm -hmm. So I'll never forget that. Yeah. But he was a great ball player too. Oh yeah. There were a lot of great ball players. Um, well, that's good. My dentist has a baseball that her father had that was autographed by Honus Wagner. I told her, to, I didn't know where it was, but she ought to get in a safety deposit box. I said, it's probably worth more than your dental practice. <laughs> I hope it didn't fade. I hope a lot not. of times those signatures you fade. Know, I have some balls that were signed by players and it just faded away. You know, if you're going to get a signature on a baseball so it doesn't fade, it has to be with a ink pen, not a magic marker. Those are the ones that fade away. And I have some of the same ones too. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want to let them get in the sun. No. Well, no. They're inside, but yeah, you don't want to get them in the sun. All right, good deal. We'll talk a little baseball there. Went down memory lane. That was fun. We'll be right back. Okay, and we're back. So, Pops, you love golf. I know that. You go out and play almost every day. Well. Got me into the game playing years ago. It's a game that I started playing when I was about 13 years old. It's a game I've played ever since. I love the game. Uh, I'm not nearly as worried about bad shots as I used to be. I used to take it a lot more serious. I take it more for the enjoyment. Uh, I don't play as much as I'd like to. I work uh, three afternoons at the golf course, and uh, that kind of limits my golfing. 
but I spend a little time in the mountains in the summer and I pretty much play every day. Uh, mountain golf is, is great because if you hit a shot that you're not so happy with, you look up at the mountains and you think, oh boy, this is a great game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's nothing like you're it. You're absolutely right. Plus, it helps with the distance of your ball if you hit it straight, too, doesn't it? Well, not anymore. When, oh, you're, no. when you're my age and uh, you don't swing like you used to, you don't swing as hard, it doesn't seem to affect it much. But the younger bucks and these new clubs and new balls, they can hit it a ton. We see the same thing on the regular tour. The ball just goes a long ways. Do you have any goals when you were uh, playing golf? Did you say I you did. Go? I that? had a goal that I'd like to shoot my age. Well, I did that. I only worked on it really once, and that was when I was 69. And I did it twice that year. So I have that memory. Even though I'm considerably older now, I don't worry about that anymore. If it happens, great. If it's not. But I felt like that was a real accomplishment. Well, yeah, Most 69. Of those times yeah. I was under par. That would have yeah. been a great game if it was under 69. But I can't do that anymore, Joe. Well, I, I know. Those are the old good old days, but I don't think I... I still enjoy the game probably as much as I ever did. Uh, just a great game you can play at any age. Yeah, if you could count, if you could count how many courses you've been, what would be the number? Oh my gosh! Uh, Wild my guess. Gosh. Probably twenty. On the, I played on the West Coast. I played in Minnesota. I played in Florida. Um, played around quite a bit. Favorite. My favorite course is still where I go in the summer in the mountains at Estes Park. Okay. That's the prettiest. It It is rated one of the prettiest courses well, yeah. in the country. Surrounded by mountains. Yes, it is. It is. So I can understand that. That's a beautiful course. I played there with you. And it's, it is. Well, you'll play some more there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll one get... of these days you might try to beat me, but... Yeah, I, I still try to beat you. Bring your best game. I keep trying to. It just doesn't <laughs> show up. I keep blaming the clubs. But, uh, yeah. Well, Thanks. I have done a little bit different. You know, Jack Nicklaus is my age. Jack Nicklaus is probably, I still think, probably the best golfer of all time. Jack had the game, uh, had the attitude, a uh, great family man, has made a great uh, contribution to society, and he and his wife both, and in the hospital industry, and in the child care. Uh, but Jack says, you know, he and I are the same age. He said, hey, they put those red tees out there for something. He said, they're, they're, they call women's tees, but forget that. We play at our age from the reds. We enjoy it. We don't hit it as far as we used to. You want to play the game for enjoyment, not thinking you can do what you used to do. And 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 even after the golds, which are really called the senior tees anymore, he says, play those. Play though. The Golden Bear wanted the gold Golden tees. Bear, yep. And that was the senior the senior tees, the gold tees, yeah. I remember that. And we see them all around the courses. You'll see the gold tees and the red tees and all that. So, yeah, that's fun. So he's your favorite golfer? He's probably my favorite golfer. Really the one I really followed for so many years was Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Arnold came up, you know, his dad worked at Latrobe, Pennsylvania golf course. But the, I think the funniest thing about Jack was when he got married to his wife, her dad said, he ain't going to be able to make a living. He ain't going to be able to make a living. Well, I think Arnie proved him wrong. Yeah, right. I'd say she so. She was a great gal, and they had two wonderful kids. And his grandson, Sam Sanders, 
has proven to be a, bit, be a pretty good golfer on the golf course. But, you know, when you live in the shadow of something like Arnie, it, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Whoever, are high. whoever it is in whatever sport. Yeah. It's just hard to try to, to live up to whatever that. The expectations uh, are really high, so it's, it's definitely. Yeah, but he had, Arnie and Jack would be my favorite golfers of all time, without a doubt. I love Freddie Couples, too. Freddie Couples and Ernie Ells have the two smoothest swings that you can find on the golf course. And how they deliver that ball so far with those smooth, effortless swings, I don't know how. I've tried that. It doesn't go anywhere. But they sure made it work for them. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out sooner or later, hopefully. All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We're going to talk a little college football here. So, Pops, you went to KU in college, right? Well, I did for a little bit, but then I decided to transfer to a smaller girl, a smaller school, to Washburn University in, in Topeka, Kansas, where I could play baseball, and that, that was one of my real loves. Oh, okay. I was too little to play uh, college football, and I never had any oh, okay. intention to do that, but I did enjoy playing college baseball. Being rivalry week that we're doing this podcast, you know, uh, you being when going to KU for the few time, few moments that you did, or days, or months, or years, you had three children, and those all three children went to Missouri. Well, we lived in Missouri at that time, so that's where they went to school. And that was a rival of KU's. That was a rival with KU. Used to be yeah. big rival. I can remember. I can't remember the year exactly, but this is when uh, Johnny Rowland played for the University of Missouri, and Gail Sayers played for KU. And everybody was just waiting for that game. I think yep. uh, KU won that game, but it was it was a real rivalry at that point. Both of them were great football players, not just in college, but turned out to be good, good uh, yeah. pro football it's players. It's amazing how the generation went. You know, you you leading the way going to KU, and then the next generation went to Missouri, and then the following generation, you have some grandkids that went to K-State. That's right. <laughs> so, we, we played the cycle there. <laughs> exactly. So it's, that's pretty cool how that went along. That's good. I so, do have one uh, memory of, a uh, couple of memories of, of uh, KU. When I was in college, in high school yeah. at Topeka High, played against a kid from Nor uh, Wichita North. His name was Curtis McClinton. Okay. But he wasn't a running back then. He was an end, but he became an All-American halfback at KU. And uh, there's another great ball player there at uh, KU that I uh, uh, did some officiating for. I did an officiating game after I graduated uh, from college in Centralia, Kansas, just a little school up north. And there was a kid named John Riggins. And I remember this guy ran all over the field. I mean, nobody could stop him. And I remember the game specifically because it poured rain the whole time. After the game, all of us officials had to throw away our gear because it was just, just too grimy to ever get clean. <laughs> but John Riggins went on to KU and was a great All-American at KU. And then went on and was drafted by the Washington Redskins. And the Washington Redskins won the Super Bowl when he was uh, playing there. And he ran with number 44. 44 is a number of some really good college athletes. 
Most people will not remember Ernie Davis from Syracuse, wore 44 and died at a very young age uh, because of a disease. But he was an outstanding player. One of the numbers, 44. Look into baseball, Hank Aaron, number 44, mm -hmm. one of the best ever to play. Mm -hmm. And what a gentleman and, and what a tribute to the game. So KU, with the rival of Missouri, if they were playing basketball, who would you root for? I'd have to go with Missouri. Why's that? I'm a Norm Stewart man and always have been. Uh, Storm and Norman wouldn't drive to KU for anything other than have to play him. Uh, he, he had some great... Great sayings. Norm was, Storman Norman was a great basketball coach. Norm could take average to better average athletes and blend them into a team. He didn't need a superstar. Um, he made John Brown a little, uh, from a little town in Missouri, an All-American center. He could do some good things. So still, still clicking, though. He's still alive in Columbia. I'm sure he's still hating KU. <laughs> yeah, sounds like Woody Hayes. Woody yeah. Hayes was had the yeah. same mindset. If he ran out of gas in Michigan, he would not buy gas in that state. He'd push his car across state line before he put gas in <laughs> that's, the car. That's Norm, Storm and Norman. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Yeah, the big rivalry this 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 weekend, Ohio State and, and, and the team up north is playing. Yeah. So that's going to be a What do you think? One. I know who you're pulling for. Well, what yeah. do you really think? I think it's going to be a close, tough game. I, I really think do. it could be. I hope it's a I hope it's a good game because they're both really good teams, good history. Uh, it'll be exciting. Now that uh, Harbaugh has somebody to get the wrinkles out of his khakis, uh, now maybe he can concentrate on coaching. Although <laughs> anybody and everybody that knows me, I always say the Big Ten always plays each other tough. They uh, Every team in the Big Ten always play each other tough. doesn't matter the standings. Big Ten's have. always had a reputation for being a rock'em, sock'em, yeah. league you know get that ball and run it run it run it yeah and run the same play until they can't stop it some of the best linemen come out of the big time yes they're they big have. they're strong and they're fast so you see them get drafted they're usually out of the big 10 somewhere so i'm looking forward to that game um i know i'm going for ohio state what do you think i think i think the buckeyes will win that one yeah uh michigan's not as strong maybe this year as they have been some years in the past yeah. um Jim Harbaugh was a great quarterback. I'll tell you, his brother was coaching Baltimore. He was doing a fantastic job. I, I'm, there are a couple of really good brothers. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, they, and they, I saw an interview with them. Oh, they were his dad and the two boys, and they did an interview. And, and it was pretty interesting how they all grew up football. Oh, yeah. And they learned a lot from their dad because their dad I used to play and coach as well. So they learned a lot from him, too. And now they're doing their thing. So it's really good to see. I, I miss the the uh, games they used to play against each other, you know. Right. Uh, so, you know, I miss that because that was kind of fun to watch. Um, but I don't know how long he'll last in Michigan. He, he may be gone after this game, after this year. It could be. Because he, he has not, he has yet to beat Ohio State. And that's one of the pet peeves for, for that school. That's how, you, that's how you live if you're going to stay at a coach at Michigan. That's right. Yeah. That's John Cooper from Ohio State. He got canned because he couldn't beat him. Well, and the same thing with the Buckeyes. If you can't do it, we're going to have to find somebody else. That's right. That's what I meant, John Cooper. He was a coach for Ohio State, and they had to let him go. He couldn't beat Michigan. So, yeah, so college football, who do you think is going to win it all this year? Uh, 
I don't know. LSU is pretty good. good. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> Alabama took a blast when their quarterback went down last week. But yeah. this kid came off the bench and did a fantastic job. But their opponent this week was a little weak. So. Well, that was his little brother. That was Tua's little brother well, that came in for Alabama. Well, he came in, but he didn't, he didn't start for Alabama. Matt Jones, the second guy, right. he played most of the game uh, and did a really good job. But the little brother came in. I think he was three for five in passing. But he's just a freshman. So, I mean, they got something down the road. Yeah, they do. And Nick Saban will coach him up. He's a great coach as well. Not really good in the NFL, but in colleges. I think Clemson will be tough. I think I don't think Oklahoma is that tough this no. year. They should have been, but they are not. And I think LSU is, you know, LSU's defense. You, you, you're going to be playing some tough people when you play LSU. Oh, yeah. They're a defensive power. You know their quarterback's an ex-Buckeye. He transferred from Ohio State to I, go to Oklahoma. I know that. That's why and, we got uh, fields. And I'm sure that uh, Stateman was wondering after his quarterback went down, why in the world he let that boy go. But when he brought the other, the new quarterback in, the left-hander, and uh, let Hurst go. Right. Uh, he's probably thinking about that. Yeah, so if all goes, goes the way it's going, it could be LSU-Ohio State in the final. Could. Could be a yeah. good ball game. Yeah. I think any of those four teams – would be it's going to be a good ball game no matter what. Well, who's the four teams? You have Syracuse, you have uh, Ohio State, LSU, and then who's you the other Clemson. one? Georgia, Clemson. Clemson. I'm sorry, Clemson. Clemson. They always seem to rise to the occasion at the end of the year. Yeah, they do. Dabble Sweeney gets his, and he's hungry. You know, he's hungry. Yeah. He's a little. He got a little upset that he wasn't in the top four in the beginning. So. We'll see what happens down here at yeah. the end. But I think Ohio State, Ohio State, LSU, I think is going to be the game. We'll see. Unless there's some mistakes that either one of them make down here. Right, or players get hurt or anything, God forbid. Yeah. So no, we'll see what happens. All right, so you think the Buckeyes. Okay, we're going to roll with that one. It's going to be Buckeyes, everybody. You'll see. All right, we'll be right back. Okay. Back here with Pops. So, Pops, you have fun? Did you like it? I liked it. Yeah? Well, I got to live a lot of good memories there with you, Joe, and yeah. I appreciate the time. Yeah, well, it was uh, good having to do you. that. I don't do that too much no? anymore. No? Uh, so many of the people I know in my family, they don't know those things that happened in the past. Right. And, uh, so yeah. I don't talk about them too much. You should. They're good memories. Well, good memories, and some of my old heroes, they've never even heard of. I bet you they'll start looking them up now. I'll I'll kind of relive it yeah. down the road here. Uh, well, it was fun. Enjoy it, Joe. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. We can always talk old time stories anytime with me if you like. I don't mind listening to them. All it's right. Good to hear. There's some good ones back there. <laughs> Jimmy Brown, your favorite, my favorite. That's right. All right. Well, that's another episode of One Before I Die. Thanks for listening. Uh, keep in touch, and we'll see you next time. Bye. I would like to thank Anchor for making an app easy to use. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast.